hey, it's our prayer that you felt what we have been praying for you all week. And that's that you would be able to come and have a place where you can simply just be. It's why we extended our worship together so that you could have this place where you just simply get to sit in the presence of God. In case we haven't met, my name is Abby, and I'm our Young Adults Director, and I just wanted to share a few words of my heart with you guys tonight before we continue on in that spirit of worship together. But you know, if you're new here, I should probably introduce myself by breaking the ice a little bit. Is that okay with you? Yeah. So here's a little fun fact about me. I overthink everything. And you may be saying everything, everything. You know, I overthink this morning. I overthink last night. I even overthink what I'm about to tell you guys right now. But it's this. See, we as a young adult team, we got together and we crafted all of these plans. We had three really well thought out plans. But it was like every time we tried to move forward, it was like God's presence was saying, no, that's not the thing that I want to do. No, that's not the thing I want to do. So all this to say that if you're here tonight and if any of these words are any significance to you, if the worship moved in your heart at all, I want you to know that I believe that you matter so much to God because he stopped at absolutely nothing to meet with you here today. So it's why tonight, tonight I want to talk to us about the power of three word phrases. You know, we all know that words are powerful, amen? amen? Sometimes you can be listening to a song with all the lyrics and all the words, you know, get lost in it, and it can move you. Sometimes you can be reading a book, if you're a novelist or whatever they call you, and you can sit there and think, wow, this is really moving in my life. But there are also times when we just have to use just simple three-word phrases, and they can convey everything. Let me give you some examples of what I mean. Phrases like, I love you. Phrases like, I forgive you. I got your back. You're cancer free. One year sober. I miss you. Get away, creep. <laughs> that conveys everything you need. Things like, don't call me. I'll call you. Please forgive me. I trust you. And there's this three-word phrase that I believe has great power over this night, and it's a phrase that the Lord himself repeated to us, and it's this, a new thing. In fact, go ahead and say that with me. Ready? Go. A new thing. See, in Isaiah Chapter 43, verses 18 to 19, God says himself, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, and I'm making streams in the wasteland. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done. God wants to do a new thing today. But before we step into this new thing tonight, I actually want us to go back. And I want us to revisit a passage of scripture we looked at this past Sunday. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible and your neighbor don't look that friendly to share one, don't you worry, I'm going to read it out loud for you. Lots of scripture tonight. So if you're ready for the word of the Lord, let me hear you say, I'm ready. Are you ready? ready. These are the words of Jesus when he said this. I am the true vine. 
and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. See, Jesus said that he is the true vine. And you might recall how that has great significance because we know if we study the Old Testament that the vines were actually used to symbolize the people of Israel. And this was most often done in a negative way. It's why in Jeremiah chapter two, verse 21, God says, I had planted you like a choice vine, Israel. So how then did you turn against me into a corrupt and wild vine? See, in other words, Jesus is saying, first thing first, I'm the realist. You might have heard that Israel's the vine. But I'm here to tell you that there's only one that is true. And true hope isn't found in a nation or a church or a person or a place. True hope is found in me alone. I'll do what you can and I'll be who you're not because I am the true vine and I've come to make all things new. You might recall how this past Sunday, I spoke to us about this process of pruning. And I spoke to us about how, you know, we know when planting, it means to cut, remove unwanted items. In Greek, the word prune means to cleanse. If you were here, I even shared how I was talking to some farmer, and he said, man, you're so blessed that you get to talk about pruning because there's so many different plant and farming illustrations you can go into. And I panicked because all I still know to this day is how to kill the plant. And sometimes I don't even know how I managed to do that one. But I remember doing some research And there's another type of pruning I wanna tell you guys about here tonight. And it's this process called the thinning. It's where you have a vine with a multitude of branches along it. And the vine dresser knows that when these seeds that are on it are gonna start to bloom, they're actually gonna scatter all over the vine. And so the vine dresser knows that they must cut and remove some of these unwanted branches so that together they would be strong enough to go through the storm. So once a year, the vine dresser comes and he inspects each each branch to see if it's strong enough to withstand the storms. And if not, the vine dresser gets his little shears and he removes it branch by branch. See, God cuts what we don't need, so we become who he needs us to be. But if we're honest with ourselves tonight, there's some of us who we're not cutting out those things that no longer serve us. If we're honest, some of us are still rehearsing those past hurts. We're still holding on to those things even when God called us to move on. We're still trying to make that unhealthy relationship work and we're still visiting that website and we're still talking about that fool who didn't see God's worth in you. But God says, I've come to do a new thing. Forget the former and take hold of my faithfulness. I have come to do a new thing. But in order to step into the new, you can't cling to the former. When God is doing a new thing, we have to let go and release what was so what can come can come and be. Scripture said that you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. If you do, the wineskins will burst and will run out and you'll have one hot mess express on your hands. So my question for you tonight is what do you need to release in order to step into the new? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to prune personally so that God can step in and do what only he can do? So I remember this time when me and my friend went on a walk together and she opened up to me about how she had this desire of her heart. And it was something she called a redemptive relationship. She had this dream that maybe one day she could be in a relationship that would actually glorify God with a man of God that would respect her and treat her as a woman of God. 
And as we're walking and I'm watching her face light up about this dream she had, I said, well, I'm gonna be right here with you praying for that to come true in your life. And she said, thank you. And she said, there's just one thing. There's this guy in my past. And even though we're not together, I still have him on Snapchat. And I don't know, Abby, but as I think about what God wants to do in my life, I just can't see me walking into a new blessing while holding on to this old thing. And you see, Abraham Maslow said, in any moment, we have two options in life. We can step forward into growth, or we can go back into comfort. And comfort's a sweet and comfy place and all, but nothing grows there. It reminds me of this imagery, of this illustration that went trending online of this little girl holding this cute little teddy bear. And Jesus is standing in front of her, and he's saying, give me the bear. And she's saying, but I love it, God. And little does she know right behind her, Jesus has a much bigger bear. A bear better than she could ever even imagine if she would just trust him and let go and trust the pruning process to her God. God says he wants to do a new thing in you. And Pastor Bill Johnson said that God's reward for growth is pruning. But God is not a God who takes away and teases us. He's a God who loves us too much for us to settle for good when he sees best. While we see good, it's God who sees best. To make it personal, not too long ago, I was going through this process where it felt like God was pruning absolute everything in my life. Every ounce of comfort that I had, he was chopping away. Those people that I would run to, they were fleeing left and right, walking out, transitioning in life. And I remember sitting there saying, God, what are you doing? I remember one day in my frustration, I was driving into an empty parking lot of some building on a Saturday. And as I stood in this parking lot alone, I just got honest with God. I cried out in my frustration and said, how will I ever find my people again? I remember telling him I was unseen, upset, unsure, and I didn't like this season one bit. And God, I have no idea what it is that you wanna do next. And do you know what happened next? I felt this prompting in my heart to go look in the window of the building that's just sitting in the lot. Now, I don't know if God ever prompts your heart where you get this idea that you never would have thought of yourself. I hope if the Spirit of the Lord prompts you, it's in a much more normal way. I remember saying, "Um, Father, I think I'm gonna look real weird if I go look into this window of this building, I have no idea. But often when I wrestle with God, Spoiler alert, he wins. And I walked up and I look in this window, expecting to see nothing. But as I looked in, I saw that there was this desk with a single little light left on. And right in the midst of that light was this sign. And it said, in order to love who you are, you can't hate the experiences that shaped you. Where can you put a thank you over a negative experience, trusting that God is gonna do a new thing and it will be better. Let me say that again. In order to love who you are, you cannot hate the experiences that are shaping you. Where can you place a thank you over a negative experience, trusting it will turn out into something new that will be for the better? See, God is not a God who teases, and pruning is not a punishment. God sees what we don't see. So where can you say thank you? 
You know all those great country songs. They always say, God, thank you for those unanswered prayers, amen. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. Where can you say thank you, God, for not giving me that thing I thought that I wanted? Thank you, God, for allowing me to settle for nothing less than your best. Thank you, God, for loving me enough to save me from that broken relationship. Thank you, God, for allowing me not to get into that college program because it means I wouldn't have been here. Thank you, God, for shielding me from getting that job that you knew in the end wouldn't be best for me. And thank you for bringing me out of that abuse. I may have scars, but they're here to tell of who you are. God, thank you for allowing me to settle for nothing less than your best. Ours is a God who wastes not one thing. Remember the faithfulness, but let go of the former. God is here and he wants to do a new thing. You know, Pastor John and Taylor, you might know her, she's beautiful. They wrote this song in our church, for our church. And I just wanna read you some of those lyrics that we already sang and a little bit more. It said, our hands are open, your will be done. We've seen so many miracles, but the best is yet to come. We've gathered in this place before, broken, lost, and found. The spirit of the Lord is here. The spirit of the Lord is moving. Greater are the things in store. We will see him do a new thing. We know these trials, these strongholds, and these change, they may have tried to destroy us, but they've just strengthened our faith. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. Greater are the things in store. We will see Him do a new thing. So tonight, tonight we want to invite you to enter into a new thing. The worship team's going to come up, and we're going to sing this song over you. But when you walked in, you received a pretty little leaf. If you have it, go ahead and wave it in the air like you do care. Okay, you can put it down. If you don't have one, you can go ahead and raise your hand. We have someone in the back. They'll come bring you one. Keep your hand raised high. Welcome to your letting go leaf. I asked you at the beginning of the night what it is that you need to release in order to step into the new. So as we sing this song over you, I want you to take time to reflect. What is that thing that God is calling you to release? in order for you to step into the new. So at any point when we're playing this song, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and write that thing that you wanna release down on the leaf. And we wanna invite you, when you're ready, to step up to the front. We'll have baskets where you can lay that down. And as you lay down your old thing, we wanna give you a gift to pick up a new thing. So you'll receive a little stump like this with a new thing on it. And whether you put this in your car or on your dashboard, on your work desk. Allow it to be your reminder that greater are the things in store and we will see our God do a new thing. Because pruning is not punishment. We serve a God who settles for nothing less than his best. So would you go ahead and stay seated and I'm gonna say a prayer over you and then we'll continue on in the spirit of worship together. Well, Spirit of the Lord, we come before you, Jesus. God, and we thank you that, Jesus, your word remains true. You say, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, and Father, we thank you that, God, you met us here, Father, for us to release so that you can do a new thing in our life tonight. And so, God, we pray for every single person in this room. God, I pray whatever it is that they need to release. 
that they would know that they're releasing it into their hands of the Father who cares for them and loves them so much more than they could ever ask, think, or imagine. God, we pray as we release these old things, as we lay down our chains, as we lay down our brokenness, as we lay down that temptation towards bitterness, as we pick up your new thing, God, we would embrace all you are with open hands, saying your will be done. Thank you, God, that greater things are in store, all because you, the Spirit of the Lord, are here. So we love you, we praise you, we believe that you are worthy of our worship and that you are in this place, and it is in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus that we all said together, amen.